Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Having a bet on sport or racing this week? Top this. With literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you covered. Whether you're into soccer, cricket, basketball, or want to try your hand on the horses, harness, or even greyhounds, there's something for everyone. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Always gamble responsibly. Responsibly, that's a given when you join up at Top Sport. Be smart. Use the promo code UNFILTERED. You'll be treated better than Craig Bellamy at a South Yarra cafe. Okay, lot question for you. Where on TV, radio or podcast can you hear 12 different interviews every episode? The answer is fucking nowhere else. This is your spot, your rugby league G spot. It'll make you tingle in places you didn't even know existed. Scotty Drinkwater, Brett Kenny, Ryan Girdler, Adrian Morley and more coming up in the next hour. So grab your bits, get the tissues ready and hold on for the ride. This is the Rugby League Superpod. You've been warned. To be the head coach in an NRL side, you've got to be a little bit different, I reckon. The, the constant spotlight, the constant pressure, can and does suck the life out of some. A lot of coaches, they change as blokes. They, they become cautious of everyone and everything. I guess it is just part of the deal. It, it's consuming, all-consuming. Toddy Payton's always been a quieter guy, and I can say that because I've known him since, I guess, probably mid-1990s. He hasn't changed all that much. As a coach, as a bloke, Scotty Drinkwater, how have you found Toddy Payton? Yeah, probably what you said. He um, doesn't give you much. Um, he kind of has no emotion on his face day to day. It's kind of just the same, same type of face he shows, yep. and you don't know... Um, what he's thinking, what he's feeling about you. Um, so it's good in that way. He keeps you on your toes. Never get comfortable with him. Um, he, you know, delivers messages pretty well and he understands our playing group now and how to deliver that. And, um, you know, we've all bought into what he believes in. So, um, yeah, like he's been terrific for us. Um, he's, he's, a, he's, been, he's a hard coach too. Yep. Um, doesn't doesn't take, um, you know, he doesn't apologise for anything, um, you know, that, that he believes in, that he makes us do, that yep. he makes some people do and that, which, and he tells you before that he makes you do that, I'll make no apologies, such and such, you know, doing this and all that. So he's honest, which is um, what you want. Yep. So, yeah, all in all, he's been terrific for us. Difficult for the coaches because at times they'd love to be one of the boys, but at times I guess... They've also got to keep their distance a bit from you lot because there's a pretty fine line. He's the boss and, and what he says goes. Yeah, for sure. Um, that'd probably be the hardest thing. But being a head coach is not being one of the boys, especially being an ex-NRL player. Yeah. Where, 
being one of the boys is just the best thing, um, you know, day to day life. So it would be hard, um, but at the same time, you know, he, you know, you, you choose to be a head coach, um, you know, and you want success, and um, you know, you, it pays well, so they want to keep their contract as well. So um, absolutely, you got to make that sacrifice, and you can have a little joke, but just not as much. He's always been a pretty calm dude. Is he still as, or is there a, a decent blow up in him when it's needed? No, nah, I haven't heard him raise his voice yet. Uh, wow. Talks in the same tone. He might use aggressive words, but he won't raise his voice. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, I guess the day we do copper spray, um, it's definitely it's warranted and probably get a good reaction out of us. But, um, yeah, he hasn't used a spray yet. He's keeping them in the bank. Sounds like a good relationship. I, I hope you know him well enough not to listen to his Saturday horse racing tips. He is the king of fourth place, T. Payton. Thanks for dropping in, Scott. Appreciate it, mate. We'll chat again soon. Yeah, cheers, Andy. Let's turn our attention to another great man, Penrith's Luke Garner. On a footballing level, new club, a club that's firing with back-to-back premierships. Very exciting time for you. Yeah, it is, Andy. Um you know, ever since I came to the to the Penrith uh, Panthers, it's uh, you know since day one, it's been super enjoyable. The boys have been uh, really welcoming, and um, you know I'm fitting in fitting in well, and you know training's hard, and you know we're sort of um, yeah, just it's just really enjoyable, mate. It's um, it's a good club to be at. I think I'm right in saying Ivan Cleary gave you your debut back in 2018 at the Tigers. You're back with him now. I've often been told by guys that the coach and the player from debut game, they have a certain bond. Would you tend to agree with that? Yeah, 100%. You know, I can only have, you know, admiration and respect from what, for, for Ivan. Um, like you said, he gave me my, my debut game. So, um, you know, I can only thank the man for that. And, you know, he's just a cool individual. You know, he's super calm, um, you know, super smart. And it's, um, you know, it's a pleasure to be coached by him. How does he stay so calm? I mean, he was like that as a footballer, and you, you're too young to remember, but as a footballer, nothing phased him on the field. He was meticulous about what he did, how he did it. He never looked flustered. Very much, I guess, the same type of on-field demeanour as Nathan. But as a coach, it seems the heart rate doesn't get up. He just absorbs it in. I think that's a real sign of the guy. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, sometimes or a lot of the time, I guess, players sort of ride that wave with the coaches. And, you know, if, if they're angry, you sort of, you know, you might see a bit of a redhead out of a, um, out of your team. So, you know, I think it's a good way to coach is sort of just stay calm and, um, you know, keep your players calm. Obviously, like you said, um, Nathan plays with a, a similar demeanor and, um, you know, you don't want your halfback freaking out in the field. So, uh, yeah, he's a class player and class coach. Super impressive young bloke, Nathan, isn't he? Um, mature, well beyond his years, and it's no surprise he performs like he does um, with that mindset and the and the practice and the time he puts in. Yeah, he's definitely um, you know one of the hardest trainers. Um, you know, I've noticed he's um, he, he's the last one to stay out in the field. You know, working on the small things. Wow. Um, you know, he's always one of the last people in the gym. Um, you know. Doing doing extra weights and, and whatever he needs to work on. So he's a um, you know he's still pretty young, but yeah uh, yeah he's he's uh, definitely an impressive person to me. 
This is the Rugby League Superpod, and it is time for Clarkie's Call. Dane from Clarkie's RL Column, the undisputed, undefeated kings of social media. He drops a call each and every week. We're after his call, but more so we're after your responses, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Clarkie, it is my pleasure as always. You know that. Uh, What's your call this week, mate? G'day, Andy and listeners. This week we're looking at the Dragons. I've gone with the Dragons have derailed their season before it even got started by dragging Anthony Griffin's future out in the media. Make the call like the Sharks did with John Morris and live with it. I see a lot of people online, Andy, questioning the transparency around the decision. I just question the timing of the decision and the decision to leak it into the media. If it plays out well, let's say Andy short term, and it falls apart towards the end of the year, well, You've made the wrong call now. Mm. And if it goes bad and it never really picks up, then you're in the same spot you would have been if you'd made that decision earlier in the preseason or at the end of last year. Badger McKeon on Facebook writes, whether it's the coach, the players, the club itself, the Dragons have not grown in the past three seasons, in in them brackets, and then some. Hunter's the only bloke giving everything every week for 80 minutes. The fact Griffin hasn't brought them along and is now dealing with expectation on a weekly basis, think he'd be better off moving on. Not sure who or what is the answer, but things haven't changed since the super coach left, so it's not just the coach. And unfortunately, you do have to wonder where the Dragons would be without Benny Hunt's immense efforts every week. Mark Footer on Instagram, he says, get Flano in there ASAP. Maybe they might still have a chance. I do like the call, but I don't think Manly would be letting go of Flanagan so early into his deal there. One of your top fans on Facebook, Lester SJ Mar says, the earlier, the better. The team has some potential as far as players are concerned. At times, they can look the goods but their resilience when under the pump is soft. Yeah, I think that's uh, pretty accurate as well. Joe Walls on Instagram, he says, the bloke has had knives in his back since day one. And then there's another comment from Best Sport that says it's the graveyard team for coaches. You do have to wonder, Andy, how many coaches that might be available now are really lining up for the Dragons job, given their current roster and history. Jamie Henshinwood says... All these decisions seem reactionary rather than proactive, as well as freaking out over one or two bad games instead of backing the entire development process. Recruiters don't always listen to the coach. I thought that was a a decent take on it. Yeah, it's a tough one. There's so many ins and outs to run a football club. Ellie Bunnelman on Instagram says, the reality is the Dragons were not expecting a top four finish this year anyway. And then I've asked the question, Andy, if Hook was to remain there, what sort of finish is acceptable for his future to be extended? Is it simply making the top eight? Is it finals week two? There's still so many question marks that I just think the Dragons board could have made a decision on this long time ago. Colin O'Connor says, yep, have the balls to do it now. Best for the club, best for Griffin. In the long run, um, there's a real range of, of answers. There's a real range of theories here. I am not a Dragons fan, but I would be ripping out what is left of any hair I did once have because, to me, this just appears like after four rounds, the Dragons are putting up the white flag and it's the it's the board, it's the front office putting up the white flag and saying, well, this year's gone. What can we do better for next year? Unacceptable. 
And you know what? It's almost following through with the players' performances on the field. They did seem to slack off a little bit in that Broncos game and against the Sharks in that second half last round as well. I won't let you know, Clarkie, who I've spoken to, but uh, a couple of former first graders over the last couple of days in relation to this, and he said in terms of a dressing room, as a collective, the players can and may use this as the excuse. Well, things are unsettled off the field. How can we concentrate on it? Oh, that was a pretty raw, pretty honest take. Yeah, and the Dragons are in a tough situation on the field at the moment. Off the field, there's question marks about their board wanting to change over. There's still a lot of question marks uh, for the club. Hey, I can't feel sorry for them though, Andy, because I travelled all the way to their home ground and I watched them beat my mighty Titans. So how's that? <laughs> yeah, they're copying it uh, from Clarkie with no sympathy whatsoever. Always a pleasure, Legend. If you guys haven't visited, even just had a little peek, you have got to. All over Instagram, all over Facebook, Clarkie's RL column, They are the absolute Hall of Famers of Rugby League social media. The Dream Team episodes are next level. You can listen to them anytime because they don't date, and I reckon you disagree with all of them. It's the ultimate argument starter. Who's in your dream team? You can pick any player from any era, any team, and then combine them. You're the coach. Here's a couple of positional choices from some of the game's best. Let's start with a red and black attacker, Greg Florimo. Okay, fullback buddy, who have you got? Um, So, can I just first put it into perspective? Yes, please. Um... Just to narrow it down to keep it easy, I'm going to go with Bears, dream team of Bears. Love it. Of players that I've played with, all but one. Okay. Okay, because he needs to be in every Bears dream team. Yes. So uh, starting off with fullback, I've got Joe Cool, John Dorohy. Beautiful. um, Who, well, look, special mention to Searcy, obviously, but Joe Cool through – when I was coming into the game or when he came to the club and I think it was 88, was a senior player. I was Mm. a young fella. Um, and he just knew how to play the game yep. and taught me so much. And just the, the amount of trickery and deception and guile that guy had at the back, it was it was amazing. You know, it was, it was great to watch. And he was a solid contributor from back there. Toe poking, goal kicker. Yeah. Um, he had he had it all, Joe Cool, and was exactly as the nickname suggests, just the coolest dude ever. Uh, it seemed from our seat nothing would ever phase John Dorohy. No, no, he was he was very very calm, um, which is what you need at the back. And you know, I don't think I ever heard him raise his voice, to be honest. And there we go. Um, and yeah, he was he was a great senior player in our team. Up next, it's the beautiful Ryan Girdler. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with my big mate MG on on oh, one side. Oh, he'll love that. I got to go with big MG. I missed a little bit, like when I went to um, when I went to Penrith. It was unfortunate that you know Ben had passed in '92 yep. and I signed in '93, so the wheels had kind of fallen off, as yeah. understandably after they won in '91. So never got the best of MG. I don't think we really ever maybe saw the best of MG after yeah, the incident. I agree. Um, 
but it was one of the reasons I signed to go to Penrith, you know, with him and Brandy and Cardi and Freddie and, and the gang. So, um, and then, you know, we went away. Then he got to play with him in the late 90s when he came back. Did, and yeah, you were still. It was, yeah, it was, it was really good. He wasn't the MG that we all, no. you know, knew and loved, but he was a different version. But, um, yeah, I love the big man and, yeah, had, so do I. you know, work with him now and, and um, he's just a great guy to be around, so. It's an amazing success story, Mark Gyron. We did a legend series interview with both him and brother Maddie. But from where Mark has been to be a prominent member of the Sydney media who holds a level of responsibility and has had amazing success, yeah. just a good, a real feel yeah, good story. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, King of the West. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. he just understands his market and, and his gyms are going really well. Yep. And he's got a really good work ethic and. I think he's just got a lot of, you know, I think one thing that he probably learnt and, and it's always, and, and it's something that I was really conscious of when I retired, you know, you can, you can, you can suck on the, the, the rugby league, you know, the, the, the tit for so long, yeah, but at some point to get some perspective, you know, you need to step away from that yep. and you need to focus on other things in your life mm. and become a little bit more rounded. And I think MG's, you know, been able to do that, especially yeah. now with the gyms as well. And yep. family does that. In a sense, but it's always good to have some, uh, you know, some different career paths. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and good on him for you know broadcasting and then what he's done with the gyms. And the other one, without without um, any question, would be my man Gordy, Big G Tallis. Yeah, yeah. Um, still haven't got a winger. Did you? Did he frighten you, Gordy, when you played against him? Um, I, I tell you, the the the. the, the Went away on the, I don't know what it was. You might know, Andy. I don't know if you were over there, but we're playing. Um, it was just a, 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 it was an Ashes series, and we played England at, at Wembley. I think game one, and then we won, and then game two. I think might have been when he had that. He stood up and he he went to town on the Terry O'Connor. O'Connor, yeah. And then I remember, and then and then they won. I think game two. Okay, and then. I remember in the press, it was all week, you know, we're coming, it was a cheap shot, he was a dog, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And, I'm, and I was just watching, we were only 23 at the time, so we are still pretty young. Yeah. And, you know, I was just watching how he sort of, how it affected him and his build up and so forth. And then I remember on the, um, on the day, we're, we're going into the third test and it was drawn, it was at Ellen Road, so it was just feral, there was 30,000 there and it yep. was just chaos, you know, what the fans are like there. Yeah. And they wanted his blood, right? And so did. And all the experienced England forwards had come out and had, had said in the media through the week that they wanted a piece of the big man, right? So I remember he, he went up to uh, standing next to Loz or Freddie or whoever's the captain, and he come up and he, he ended up saying, I'm, I'm standing back off the kickoff. I want you to make sure that, you know, we receive. And he'd organised with, um, with uh, Webby, which wouldn't have been easy to make sure he was at the back taking the, taking the first carry. Wow. And anyway, they kicked off and... And so he just pushed off the back fence and just ran through about three of them, knocked them over, got up, played the ball, and then played three, knocked them over again. And that was the end of the – and then we won by 30 points. And that alone, like that, those yeah. couple of moments, for me, were just something that just showed the character of the guy. Yeah. Um, so follow me stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but he just took it – you know, he was a guy that took things personally on yep. the field and they were always great guys to be around and, yeah. and play – hard to play against. I remember when he got sent off in that Origin series, you know, I'd – Scored the try, and he was walking towards me, and he'd just been sent off. He had steam coming out of his ears, and I knew him well. It was two thousand. We'd been touring together for years, yep. and 
even though you you got good relationships, there's certain boundaries. Yeah. So he's walking towards the sideline. I'm I'm placing the ball down to to kick for goal, and he's walking straight towards me, and I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I'm thinking, have a nice break, yeah. enjoy your rest, Gordy. And the closer he got, I thought. What am I going to do? What am I going to say? And I, you know what? I thought I better just let it go. And he just walked straight past me. I actually thought he walked so close to me that he was going to kick the ball off the tee. And then I said to myself, if he kicks the ball off the tee, then what am I going to do? Now, thankfully, you didn't. Yeah. And, um, and he walked off and had a shower. Plenty of episodes of Dream Team with some of the biggest names in footy, some cracking lists and explanations as well. Check the back catalogue of episodes and rip in. You can listen to any episode or interview at any time because none of them ever date, ever. Let's rewind a little here back to this legend, the great Adrian Morley. You were born at a time when the Great Britain side was very strong, some seriously tough guys, guys like Jimmy Mills, Brian Lockwood, Steve Norton. Then I guess your first memories of rugby league, probably the late 80s, Guys that were superstars, there were standouts like Gary Schofield and Ellery Hanley, but the forwards of the national side, the the Lee Crooks and the Kevin Wards, they played the game hard. Was that something you noticed as a young bloke? Well, at my very first game of rugby league, what I watched, I was only uh, 11 years old. It was the, the six weeks holidays leading into going into high school and I'd never watched the game of rugby league in my life and my dad... He, he woke up at six in the morning to watch the, the third test, uh, Great Britain v Australia. Yeah. And he recorded it, watched it, and he come in and, you know, there was three three boys, all shared the same bedroom. My dad come in dead excited about eight o'clock in the morning. Boys, boys, get up. You've got to come down and watch this. And I was half asleep walking down the stairs and it was the old VHS uh, video <laughs> recorder. And, uh, and he explained to me, he said, we've not beat the Aussies for 10 years and, this is a, the final test of the three-test series. Loads of injuries. No one gave us a chance. And the way he was explaining it, it was it was so animated. And I just I was I was excited just because my dad was so excited. Anyway, he put the game on, and that was my first ever game of watching rugby league. And it was when uh, you know Mike Gregor scored that long long range try, yep. and uh, Anderson Gill done a bit of a boogie and and, and all that. And so I, I gone from waking up that morning to not knowing. You know much about rugby league and especially in players to all them players, you know, Kevin Wards and Andy Gregory, and all being in my mind of, of being, uh, you know, my 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 uh, heroes and something to look up to. And then and that's when I went into high school. And when when I knew they played rugby league, I thought, right, I'm going to try rugby league. And then that's when uh, you know played it, found it really really enjoyed it. So, but then I couldn't get enough of the the Great Britain side then. So. You know, I was born in Salford and Salford was my club team. I used to watch Salford any opportunity, but then couldn't wait to see, you know, if Great Britain was touring at the end of the year or if the Aussies or the Kiwis or whoever was coming over to, to the UK. And I, I was pretty obsessed with watching Great Britain as well. And another guy that's joined us on the podcast previously, a guy I think has to, has to be close to immortality, the great Brett Kenny. Individually. One on one, who was your biggest rival? Was oh. it someone from the New South Wales Rugby League, or was it uh, Wally oh, Lewis? I think it was Wally Lewis. Yeah. You know, it, um, 
I enjoyed playing against Wally, and I know people, you know, well, there's always going to be an argument as to who was the better 5'8". Yep. And, and, look, I don't have a problem with, with, you know, people saying Wally Lewis was the greatest 5'8". Mm. And, um, you know, he he, he was. He, he he could do just about everything. He, he probably wasn't as, he wasn't as quick as me. Yep. Um, he wasn't the quickest player on the field, but, you know, he's a great kicking game, very strong defender, could read a game well. Um, and I, I enjoyed playing alongside Wally. I mean – did you get up for those games? Oh yeah, yeah, you know, really enjoyed it, and 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 we had a great time. You know, yeah. we used to have a great time playing against each other in Origin. We'd have a beer after the game, and you know, we'd just talk about things. And it used we used to laugh about you know the people things people were saying. You know, yep. oh he's a better player. No, he's a better player. It depends on which side of the border you come yeah. from. And but I'm just happy to be mentioned in the same breath. You know, yeah. you, when you think about it, that era, there were blokes like Terry Lamb. Um, I think. Cliffy Lyons was on the scene later on. Yeah, um, you know, but he was starting to emerge. Alan Thompson had Alan been Thompson there. Alan Thompson had been previous. there, and there was a lot of great players yeah. running around in the five eight position. And and um, you know, to be mentioned alongside Wally, I think was you know something very special. Mm. And and um, I was happy with what I achieved in the game. I mean, I know people have said, "Oh, you didn't play too many representative games after '87," and mm. Wally kept going. And I said, "Well." Like I, I stopped to think about it one day after people were asking me these questions and yeah. I thought, you know, I got graded at Parramatta when I was 19. Yep. I played first grade that year. Yeah. At the age of 25, which was 19, I was 25 in 1986. So at the end of that year, yeah. I'd been playing first grade since I was 19. Yeah. I played, um, I think, back to probably 13 State of Origin Games. Yep. I was a member of the first New South Wales side to win a series. I was a member of the first state team, being New South Wales, to win a series 3-0. Yeah. I'd been away on two kangaroo tours, um, played at Wembley Stadium in the Challenge Cup final, was the first Australian to win a, win a Lance Todd Trophy Man of the Match award. Yep. Um, and at the, end of, at the end of that season, I won a Golden Boot Award mm. for the best player in the, in the world. world. And I'm thinking, well... And I'd played against every rugby league playing country in the world. Mm. There wasn't as many as there is now. And I thought, well, but there was nothing much more to do. Yeah. I, you know, I'd, I'd achieved everything yeah. at the age of 25. And so, um, and, and in 1987, you know, we started a family. So I really, I was lucky that I had achieved everything you yep. could in the game because then I didn't have to worry about, oh, you know, what do I do? I'd, I'd like to be able to to reach this level or achieve this. Yeah. And I've just started a family and I don't want to be able, you know, be away all the time. And, and I was lucky enough that I'd, I'd done all that, you know, by the age of 25. Any episode, any time, download the lot of them legends. We've got you covered. Here's a short interview with Dave Ferner. Best side of all time. What you thinking? Eels, early 80s perhaps? Broncos, early 2000s maybe? Or the Roosters more recently winning 1819? What about the 94 Raiders Premiership winning side? Here's their grand final lineup. Mullins at fullback, the wingers are Nagus and Nadruku, the centres Meninga and Wiki, Daly and Stewart in the halves, the forwards Osborne, Steve Walters and Quentin Pongia, the second row Ferner and Croker, and Clyde is the lock. What a side. Davey Ferner joins us. It's a side I reckon would compete with any of the last 50 years. What are your thoughts? Oh, Andy, it was a good side. It was um, – it had a real good balance 
of experienced players, representative players and youth. And I think it was, uh, you know, Tim Tim Sheens was the coach at the time, did a really good job of blending that team together. So it was a team there that, uh, that, that didn't want to let uh, each other down. We wanted to play our best footy and we had some guidance of successful players there that have been there before. As you mentioned before, Mal Meninga, uh, Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly, Brad, Bradley, uh, Bradley Clyde, Steve Waters. So um, it, I think it was a pretty good side. And for that era, I think it was the, the most dominant side. Fernsey, we did an interview with Laurie Daly on the Legends series recently, and he said, we weren't arrogant in any way, shape or form, but if you sat in the dressing room and you thought to yourself, if he plays well and he plays well, and I play well, we're going to be pretty much impossible to beat. That is a wonderful level of individual and collective confidence that I believe you all possessed. And it's not arrogance. It's just a belief. No, there wasn't. I don't think our senior players there, and I mentioned Mal before, who at that time in 94, it was his last year, had achieved so much. This is a, a player there that, 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 that four kangaroo tours. So... Yeah. But he never carried that arrogance. He played with, you know, like he was such a good player that he didn't allow anyone around him to, to carry on. Yeah, you know, there's no big heads in the team. But you just put it, you know, like, and Loz described it really well, that all you had to worry about is you play your best footy. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's I think, was the collective success there in the team. We, we, it's all about playing our best. And I think every player at the time there, it was more about, wanting the respect of the players around you to, to, to say, listen, you know, like I love playing with yep. with you as a player. You know, that was probably how the, how the team was driven. Okay, let's try and find a weakness. If you're coaching against the Raiders in 94, is there a weakness? Um, I think all – look, I think all teams, I think, as you know, with the competition, it's a, it's a long year. Um, I think – it's a funny thing. I know we're talking about 94, uh, 94, but I think our 95 team with the experience was, was I felt, thought was better. I think okay. we only we only sort of lost two games, but we never got to the grand final. We got beaten by Canterbury, who we beat in the grand final in 94. So all teams can be beaten. I think Laurie was spot on there, but if everyone played their game yep. if, uh, as best they can, it was very hard to beat. I wouldn't say impossible. There's always ways, but I yeah. just reckon – Laurie summed it up well. If everyone on that in that team played their best footy, we were very hard to beat. The halves, very different style of player, very different blokes too, Ricky and Laurie, but together, gee, they were amazing. Uh, yeah, Rick, still to the, this day, I see, you know, you, 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 you're, I'm involved in coaching. Um, I see the players. Rick was a player there that actually steered the, the, uh, the ship. You know, so he was like the the first receiver, Laurie, who I still say, people ask me the question, who's the best player you played with? I always say, look, I've, I've been privileged. But I say Laurie because he was a yep. complete package. Mm. He could do most of it. He was a very good defender. But together, you know, Rick was able to muster up the forwards. You know, he'd actually, he'll steer, he would steer us where we, where we need to go. All we had to do was run, run, <laughs> you know, run where Rick told us to run. Because he, in his mind, he was another player ahead. Yeah. So all we had to do was make sure that we we get some sort of quick play of the ball. And then you'd see that 
you know, uh, you know, uh, he'd call a super call there, an overriding call from Steve Walters to Ricky Stewart, and then bang, it's out the lorry. Well, then it was too late. You know, then you got you either got Mal or you got uh, Ruben. Then you had Noah and Druka. All, all of a sudden, you got Mullows. He was just able to guide that around. Whereas Loz, and then if Loz wanted to run, he could penetrate most of the back back, back line. So he was. It was a it was an ideal pairing of a half and a five eight. That ninety four grand final, the Laurie Daly try, one of my favourites of all time. And from memory, it was you that actually passed the ball to Loz. So you can be taking credit. You started it. Well, I think that's a try assist. I think yeah, yeah, exactly need, right. The, uh, the terminology now, but I will say it was a it was a <laughs> it was. Uh, a style I learnt in uh, in rugby union. I just popped the ball up, you know, as you do in rugby union. But he was still fifty metres out. Loz had a fair bit of work to yeah. do, but I'll claim it, mate. I'm good, happy with that. Good man. Thanks for <laughs> dropping in, Fernsey. Question: What's the greatest sound in the world? But what's better than cracking a coldie? Cracking half a dozen. This is Six Pack of Superstars revealing our top six. Yep, it is time for a Six Pack, a Six Pack of Superstars here on the Rugby League Superpod. Oh, what a test this is. This is almost unfair. Poor Chance Nickel Clookstar. We've asked him for his best six Kiwis ever. Sounds really easy, I know. Nup, it's a head screw. How do you narrow a field down to just six? Um, Chance, is this easy or difficult? It's quite difficult because there's a lot of great New Zealand Kiwi rugby league players that have come through the system and uh, a lot of them I actually know too. So don't don't uh, burn me if you're not mentioned, boys. <laughs> If you're not mentioned, be sure that you're number seven on the list. Okay, who are we going to start with, mate? Oh, got to start with the little jungle. He's he's a legend. He's done everything for the game. So, yeah, definitely Stace. Yep, Stacey Jones is number one. And this is in no particular order. This is just as we're thinking of them. Who's at number two? Ruben Wiki. Have you seen Big Ruben since you've been back? No, I haven't yet. He's sort of been over in Canberra, actually, so we'll have to catch up with him soon. Amazing to think that uh, the Kennedy's daughter, you know, over in Canberra and uh, and starting her own career. Yeah, it's pretty exciting for for herself and their family. They've, you know, he's obviously made a name for himself at the Canberra Raiders, and it's really exciting that she's going to be able to do that. Uh, do the same thing. Absolutely. So, Stacey Jones, Ruben, Wiki, who's up next? Benji Marshall. <laughs> was he the That's idol? That's a no-brainer. Yeah, he was. He was. It was actually Stace and then Benji. So two two great halves and of, of the New Zealand Kiwis team. To be able to watch those two do their thing at six and seven would have been something special. Okay, three down, three to go. Um, can't go past Rog. Yep, an yep. an absolute freak and. Um, I'd love to see him back in rugby league at some stage. I still think he's got so much to offer. Um, you're a very different fullback to Roger, and fullback's one of those positions where you can play to your own strengths and it doesn't have to be the same style fullback in every single team. Yeah, he's he's got something that you probably can't, can't teach and that's his feet. 
my goodness, you, you can hear that step from a mile away. He's got that much force through the ground. It's it's pretty crazy. So won't be able to learn that. <laughs> okay, we got two spots left. Um, this this fella's done a lot in, in the Kiwis jersey, and I I think he's actually uh, one of the he's either one of them or he is the top uh, ranked Kiwi. It's Adam Blair. Adam Blair, who's now coaching at the Warriors, and you will be seeing a whole lot of him. Uh, a guy that played at a couple of different clubs. Sometime his club form was was up and down, but every time he put on the black and white of the Kiwis, you knew exactly what you were going to get, and that was absolutely everything that he had. Yeah, he definitely played with a lot of pride and passion in the in the New Zealand Kiwis jersey, and you know his he showed that through his actions. And there was a lot of young boys coming through, so for him to be able to pave the way for for young props like that coming through, Fish Joe, uh, now Moses, you know, it's pretty crazy. And all the young blokes will tell you they learned more off Adam Blair than anyone else. Okay, one spot remaining, mate. Who have we got? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. Um, I think this this person he's 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 still so young, and there was a lot of uh, break from playing in the Kiwis jersey because of COVID. And you know he, he was able to show what he's capable of doing in the campaign just gone. So. Um, Joseph Money. What a World Cup Joseph had. Uh, and considering he doesn't play at number one week in, week out, to move position and do what he did, unbelievable. He dominated the field. He, It's so funny because he's the most professional, most chilled person I've ever met. So it's it's pretty funny how he can go hand in hand. But once it's come to switch on, it, he's, he's on. So it was cool to see that aspect of women. The one thing that gets me with Joseph Manu, and I don't know why, mate, but on TV he doesn't look like a big human. When you get up next to Joseph Manu, he is some type of big human. A unit. big boy. He is a big boy. I think he's like 102, 103 kilo, and, you know, he's, he still hasn't finished growing that kid. He's He's got a little way to go, and I reckon if he – um you know, went hard in the way to just be too big. So, yeah, I reckon he keeps playing the way he's playing. He's got a long, long future ahead of him in the Kiwis jersey. Stacey Jones, Ruben Wiki, Benji Marshall, Roger Tuivasa-Sheik, Adam Blair and Joseph Manu. That is the six-pack of superstars from our guest chance, Nickel Klukstar. Thanks for being a good sport, mate. Chat soon. Cool, lads. Thanks for having me. Want the ultimate unfiltered message for your mates? I'll say anything you want. Ripping heads off and shitting down necks all day long. Find me on Swish at swish.com. I love the Broncos forward pack. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that. If you're a new listener, well, I guess you know that now. A couple of reasons I rate this pack. They're young, they're improving, and perhaps most importantly, I think everyone in that group of, say, 10 or 11 players is really different from one another as a footballer. Corey Jensen has joined us. Is that a fair assessment, mate? You're all a bit different. You've got different traits to one another? Yeah, definitely. I think you hit the the nail on the head there. We all bring out sort of our own strengths and whatnot. And I think we complement each other pretty well. And 
um, I guess you, you've probably seen that throughout the year. Kobe Hetherington, a country boy like you, growing into his frame, what stands out about him to you? Oh, I think he's just one of those ones that uh, obviously works really hard. Um, he's sort of a toiler. He does a lot of things that a lot of footy fans probably don't notice, yeah. the, the little one percenters in the game that are, are so important and we realise as a, as a club mate and that how important they are. And He's one of those ones that he's not the heaviest bugger, but he'll put yeah. his head where other people won't. Um, and, and, yeah, he loves to rip in and, and he's really energetic, which is something that I love about him. What about my guy, the the big loose one, Tommy Flegler? What stands out there? Uh, Fleggy, like, like you said, he is, he's a little bit loose, but I think that's what we love about him. You need that aggressiveness yep. and, and that um, physicality, especially in the middle. Um, what sort of really surprised me this year is he's sort of grown into a leader um, amongst the group. Like, he's still only very young, but yep. he loves to, to voice his opinion and he's real passionate about the club and, and wants to do well. So um, he's probably really stepped up in that department. He um, he brings a great offload as well, which brings a better second-phase play. And, yep. and again, he's another one that sort of lifts the level of intensity and that not just at training but in the games. Really cool look inside the Brisbane Broncos with Corey Jensen. Always a pleasure, big fella. Chat again soon. No worries. Thank you. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sports Same Game Multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Top Sport, proud sponsors and friends of the Rugby League Superpod. And as always, each and every week, their CEO, Tristan Merlihan. He joins us. I want to talk about outright winner. We have seen some genuine fluctuations in four and a half weeks, mate, and the Broncos have shortened up big time. They have, and they've been absolutely phenomenal to start the season. Uh, they, they've gone from $21 into $7.50 for favourite. They've been very impressive. To my eye, they're, they're the team of the comp at the moment. I think a lot of people would think think that too. Uh, Penrith is still uh, $4.40 favourites. They've had a bit of an up-and-down season, but yeah. they've sort of still showed their, their class, and you'd imagine they're going to improve as the season goes on. They've obviously had to fix a couple of key cogs there. The Roosters are five fifty. The Bunnies seven. Melbourne drifted out to ten. Cronulla they showed when Nico Hines is back on the park. They're a force to be reckoned with at twelve dollars. Uh, Manly they've been the other firmer as well, thirteen dollars. And the two biggest drifters have been the Cowboys and the Eels at fifteen dollars and eighteen respectively. What about those Dolphins? Even dropping their first game last weekend, they were gallant in defeat. They're thirty-four dollars there. Early in a season, we often see significant shifts going from week to week. The Parramatta Eels beating the Penrith Panthers. Of course, I've always got my eye on the Eels, but they've shortened in in the last uh, four or five days since beating the defending premiers because they did blow out a bit. Yeah, they were out to as high as 21, so they've just come back into 18. And and despite, you know, they were only uh, a field goal away from going 0-4, they, they, they're not that far away from being 4-0 and as well, so... It's mm. been a really interesting start of the season. They've obviously had a very tough draw. It's it's a tricky one as well this weekend. But, um, yeah, they, they've, they've firmed up. And if they can get a bit of uh, momentum and a run going, you know, they're, they're the team that maybe it's worth having a couple of dollars on them now 
after after the high of knocking off Penrith, and they might be able to uh, really get a bit of run, bit of a run going. Okay, eight games this weekend already. There is two hundred markets per game for us to analyse and enjoy. I'm going to turn this around on you, big guy here. What game are you most concerned with in regards to prices and lines? What's got you nervous? I think if you ask me that question each week, I will give you the same answer each week because I'm still not sure where to rank the Dolphins. I just yep. don't know where they're they're situated. They've, they've won their first three. They were obviously gallant there last weekend. I'm just waiting for them to fall over, and they keep proving me wrong. Um, the Dragons are obviously, they've had a had a really tough start of the season. They got the points against the Titans, then they've had two tough losses. So you just don't know which side here is going to come and get the chocolates. We opened it at Pickham, $1.90, take your pick. It's now $1.80, the Dragons, $2, the Dolphins. One and a half is the line, but genuinely, I've got no idea. This, this game could easily be a 13-plus game one way or the other if, if one side gets on top. Friday, really interesting. No Jack Whiten for the Canberra Raiders and punters have bailed out on them, A, with the poor form to start the season, but B, no Jack White, and there is very little confidence there. Very little confidence, but the Raiders tend to go okay against the Panthers, and they tend to keep this game a lot tighter than the betting indicates. So down there in Canberra, 6 o'clock on a Friday as well, Penrith had a couple of big games to start the year. So you never know, at that 12 and a half, $1.85, there has been a bit of a push for the Raiders at the plus. But, yeah, Penrith, $1.25 to win the match. Canberra, $4. Obviously, that big news about Jack uh, looking to test the market as well. It'll be interesting how his team come out and respond. How would you like to sit down for a chat with Ricky Stewart this week on uh, on Jack Whiten's future? Wow. Did not see that one coming. Now, I handed over the reins to uh, the great Tristan Merlihan, one of Australian Sports betting, horse betting, great families, and he's got the unfiltered curse at this time at the moment. So I'm going to take it back. We have a $100 free bet each and every week, courtesy of the awesome guys at Top Sport, and our chosen charity is the Ricky Stewart Foundation. So, Tristan, I'm going to hit you just with something maybe a little more conservative. That might be the way to put it. We just need to get some runs on the board. So I'm going to take the Brisbane Broncos at the line of 16 and a half to beat the West Tigers. And I'd like to roll that into the Canterbury Bulldogs, North Queensland Cowboys, under 39 and a half total points to finish the round on Sunday night. I just don't think the Bulldogs at the moment and the Cowboys at the moment are going to be concentrating on attack. I think it is all going to be about defence. And Sunday night, I think it might be a low-scoring one. So just the two games this weekend, what are we looking at? Yeah, nice little push-through covers to get some runs on the board. The uh, Broncos minus 16.5 against the... uh the battling Tigers, and then I agree. I think that under 39.5. Both sides defended well in, on the weekend, so that's mm. at $1.87. $3.55, the all up there. So hopefully we can get a little bit of uh, money into the kitty. We've already got a balance there of 1595 So still ticking along all right from last year, and hopefully we can uh, increase that after this weekend. Always a pleasure, Legend. We will do it next week. Enjoy your footy. Enjoy the horse racing. And once again... If you join up with Top Sport, either at topsport.com.au, even better, download the app. Please ensure you use the promo code UNFILTERED. You'll be given the full VIP treatment by the very, very best in the business. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. 
You're asking the questions our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's start with Canberra's Joe Tarpany. We'll finish with these two questions from our followers. We've got the Canberra Raiders' Joseph Tarpany on the podcast. This is from Ainsley at Shell Harbour. She asks, do you... (laughs) This is a beauty. Do you understand the pommies in the side when they're talking on the field, when they're huffing and puffing with their mouth guards in? Do you understand a word they say? Um, Smell... Not smell gets because when he's puffed, he just splatters out all this jibber jibber. But um, I think John Bateman was the hardest. He talks too fast and he's he's just repeats himself. He was the hardest. But the other ones, I think Georgie and and Hodgie, real clear on how they talk. But the two from um, Bradford, oh, you can't you can't understand them half the time. Beautiful. This is the last one from Thomas at Kuji. Who? And this is a great question. Really easy one, but a great one. Who's your New Zealand footy hero? We, I would have to say Sonny Bill. Um, growing up, I was a union, you know, everyone from New Zealand watches union. So when I switched over to the league kind of scene and have, had a watch of that, he was, you know, a young Polynesian guy that could run hard, hit hard and offload. And everyone back home, you know, we would play a game of uh, hold or tackle at the park. You, you just say Sunny Bill when you chuck the offload or mm. you try and hit each other with a Sunny Bill. And yeah. I think they just paved the way for, you know, some of these young island Māori boys to come through and um, just wanted to kind of be like them. And the recently retired Josh Morris. Next question should be from 60 Minutes. This is from Rooster Jeff. He asks, point blank, Dragons, Bulldogs, Sharks, Roosters are the final four sides. Who are you cheering loudest from the grandstand? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's a tough one. Um, obviously, great clubs, all of them. I enjoyed my time at every single one of those clubs. Um, you know, probably I'd have to either say um, Bulldogs or Roosters. You know, I had some really great memories there. Uh, the doggies. I spent two thirds of my footballing career there. Um, yeah, had some wonderful times there. And then, um, although we had a lot of adversity at the Roosters, we played some really good football, and that was um, something that I was proud of. And being able to play, you know, some of the best footy at the back end of my career as well. Um, Aussie footy shorts, footy shorts with pockets. Hear that? Footy shorts with pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse. Footy-shorts.com.au Greatest invention since the last great invention before sliced bread, whatever it was, is footy shorts with pockets. Question for you from social media this week. When you're wearing footy shorts and it's time for a Les Kiss, when you just can't hold on any longer, are you the conventional over-the-top guy or the sneaky bottom of shorts flop and spray. Just asking for a friend. Footy shorts with pockets. Just yes. Interesting observing, talking to and hearing about who in rugby league watches every game, who reads everything and are genuine historians of the game. But then there's others who don't watch footy, the really aren't obsessed by it as some are. 
We've found a guy, in his own words, is a rugby league nerd. Not my words, his words. He is obsessed. The facts are, Ryan Hoffman, you recall pretty much everything from every game. You know exactly what's happening, who's doing what. Is it basically you just can't get enough footy? Yeah, I think I just I just grew up loving footy and wanted yep. to be a part of it. You know, it started when I was really young, going through the old, you know, dad's old scrapbooks and old rugby league weeks that mum had saved and, and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, as I, as I got older, I just loved, loved watching footy. I loved going back, seeing um, such amazing things. And I've been very lucky to be able in my career um, to meet some wonderful old, old players like, you know, Ron Coote and Norm Proven yep. and, you know, Bob McCarthy, like those sort of legends of our, of our game. So, you know, to be able to meet them and um, learn their sort of history and that sort of stuff, yeah, I'm I'm, pretty, I'm a rugby league nerd. Mate, there's, uh, there's no right, there's no wrong in it, but there's also been a lot of players over this last generation or two that don't watch a game on the weekend. They've turned up to the ground basically not even knowing the name of the bloke they're marking up against. It's it's two very different preparations. Some guys just like the distancing and, and knowing nothing about it. Yeah, it's it's a funny one. Um, yeah, I've, I've always sort of wondered with, with players and, and certain players and, you know, when you're recruiting players and that, when, when you talk to a player, do you, is the player playing it because he genuinely loves it yeah. or is he playing it because he's good at it? Yep. And I, th- I think that can be an interesting di- distinction on certain players. Like some players just do- are doing it because they generally love the game and love everything about it. And other guys are just doing it because that's what they're good at and it's better than digging the ditch. And th- there's there's no right or wrong either, either no, way. That's right. But I was one of those blokes that genuinely loved the game and loved everything about it, loved the nuances, loved the history, lo- love, you know, the way, the direction it goes. Actually, I don't love the direction it goes sometimes, but love that, um, you know, the evolution of rugby league over, yep. the, over the years. Bill Slater's another one, isn't he? He's a footy nerd. Yeah, yeah well, we, we lived together for three or four, three or four years, Billy and I. And, um, you know, that was that, that that was us. We were watching all the old r- rugby league shows. And, you know, back in the early days in the 2000s, um, we actually lived across the road from, from Channel 9. And um, that was in, in, down here in Melbourne. And because yeah. Channel 9 weren't showing the rugby league games, we'd actually duck out of Channel 9 and they'd have a little studio put aside for us where we could watch the, nice. the games live and, and all that sort of stuff rather than wait for the games to be shown in Melbourne at 1, 1 a.m. Craig Bellamy, certainly accomplished enough and talented enough by himself. But I tell you what, having a team of players with three or four of them that are genuine footy nerds, they know what's happening around the game, but they've also got ideas in regards to game plan. Gee, that's a, a huge benefit for a coach. Yeah, look, it is because you know, Craig was also been the mentality. Like he, he'd come up with some great ideas and no doubt he does, but in yep. the end he's not the bun that has to do them. So he, he always says, look, I've got this idea, but to be quite honest, boys, you do, what, what do you think? I'm not the one that has to bloody well do it. So he, he, he generally wants players' opinion and players that are thinking about the game and um, taking what they see from other teams and, and um, you know, other players and, and all that sort of stuff. He actively encourages that. Great little insight. Thanks, Hoffy. Chat soon, mate. Cheers, Andy. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five-star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. This week's winner of the unfiltered trucker's cap is a guy who probably copped a bit of shit at school. Hope not, old mate, because... You're a good egg for leaving a great review, but with a name like Chris Lunt, 
I'm figuring you did. Uh, congratulations to your folks for having a sense of humour. Who gives a fuck, Chrissy boy? You're a legend. You've won an unfiltered trucker's cap. Enjoy. And we're done on another episode of Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the only podcast that talks with the legends and not about them. If you're enjoying the content, tell your mates, tell your Uber driver, the bloke at work, even your in-laws, whoever. Spread the word, legends. Everyone's welcome here. Be staunch and help your old mate out. Throw a five-star rating and review on the app you're listening on. I'm giving out free wristies for that one too. It's time for the weekend. Time to grab a pizza, open a couple of coldies, have a crack on the punt. Don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. <laughs>